Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Why does the LDS Church prohibit the drinking of coffee and tea when science shows that there's a lot of benefits in those beverages? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We are looking at an article that was published in the New Era magazine. This is a magazine published by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for its younger members. There was an article titled, Vaping, Coffee, Tea, and Marijuana. The subheading says, Let's clear up a few items that young people today may be confused about when it comes to the Word of Wisdom. And as we've explained, the Word of Wisdom is found in section 89 of the Mormon scriptures called Doctrine and Covenants. And it's nothing more than a health code. What this article is meant to do is to tell the young members what is acceptable and what is not acceptable if you are a member of the LDS Church. And yesterday, we looked at the section that dealt with vaping and e-cigarettes. And as I commented earlier, we're not at all against the Church instructing its members, whether they're younger or even older, regarding things that can cause physical problems. We're not against that. But I think we need to state again, there is a problem when you take these prohibitions or these cautions and turn them into commandments. Because the New Testament certainly doesn't justify that. In fact, surprisingly, section 89 doesn't really even justify that. It's because as we mentioned, verse 2 in section 89 says that this word of wisdom is not by commandment or constraint. It became a commandment later on. Many leaders attribute it to Brigham Young in 1851, but we do know that in 1921, it became mandatory for the member to keep the word of wisdom if they hoped to enter a Mormon temple. And Mormon temple participation is absolutely essential if a member of the LDS Church hopes to receive celestial exaltation. Well, today we look at the section in this article titled Mocha latte, macchiato, etc. What does that paragraph have to say, Eric? The word coffee isn't always in the name of coffee drinks, so before you try what you think is just some new milkshake flavor, here are a couple of rules of thumb. Number one, if you're in a coffee shop or any other shop that's well known for its coffee, the drink you're ordering probably has coffee in it, so either never buy drinks at coffee shops or always ask if there's coffee in it. Number two, drinks with names that include cafe or cafe, mocha, latte, espresso, or anything ending in chino are coffee and are against the word of wisdom. Now, as we've explained, the word of wisdom really doesn't say coffee. It merely says hot drinks, and that's been interpreted to mean coffee or tea. So when you get into these other areas, like mochas and lattes, I'm sure that there's probably a lot of younger Latter-day Saints who might think, oh, this just kind of tastes like a hot chocolate with a little bit of a coffee flavor. 
Well, clearly you can see that the church is telling them to stay away from these things. So either never buy drinks at coffee shops or always ask if there's coffee in it. Here's the problem I have with this. A lot has happened since 1833 when this revelation was allegedly given to Joseph Smith. And now we know, as I mentioned earlier, that there are some health benefits through drinking coffee. But I think coffee, like anything else, if you overdo it, you're probably going to run the risk of some kind of health problem. But you have to drink an awful lot in order to run into that area. I found this article. It was on the Healthline.com website called 13 Health Benefits of Coffee Based on Science. Let me just very quickly go through these 13 points that this article brings out. And I might mention that this was written by a guy by the name of Chris Gunners, who has a degree in in nutrition. And this is what he says. This this is the list. This is the bullet points. I'm not going to read all the explanations of the bullet points, but just the bullet points. This is what coffee can do for you. It can improve energy levels and make you smarter. Um, can help you burn fat. I'm sure a lot of people would probably like that idea. Can drastically improve physical performance. Contains essential nutrients, and I might mention it, that includes riboflavin and manganese, potassium, magnesium, niacin. Those aren't bad. It may lower your risk of type 2 diabetes. It may protect you from Alzheimer's disease and dementia. It may lower your risk of Parkinson's disease. It may protect your liver. It can fight depression and make you happier. It may lower risk of certain types of cancer. It doesn't cause heart disease and may lower stroke risk. It may help you to live longer. And that would seem to make sense given if all those other things that he's listed here before are really going into effect. Of course, you would think it would make you uh, or help you live longer. And it's also the biggest source of antioxidants in the Western diet. And this is what he says is the bottom line. Not only can your daily cup of joe help you feel more energized, burn fat, and improve physical performance, it may also lower your risk of several conditions such as type 2 diabetes, cancer, and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. In fact, coffee may even boost longevity. So then the question arises, in light of this scientific evidence, And I would say, I'm not a scientist. I'm just going by what I've seen written. And that's not the only article you will find on the health benefits of coffee. But my question is, is in light of all this, why is the Mormon church still making coffee a big issue? We've talked about this several times, Eric. I personally think this whole idea with the coffee business was all just a manipulation attempt on the part of Joseph Smith to put people in line and to show that he can have this kind of authority over them, and that people who recognized him as a true prophet of God would do anything that he says. I mean, let's be serious, folks. You had men in the Mormon church giving Joseph Smith their wives for Pete's sake. What makes you think he can't get away with telling them, don't drink coffee? I just don't see the sense of it in light of all the scientific research that has come about since 1833. Now, maybe in 1833, he could have gotten away with that. But why now in the 21st century are Mormons not raising their hands saying, excuse me, there's so much evidence to show that this isn't as bad as the church is leading on. Why are we still restricted from using this? And I I think that's a fair question. Bill, what I see in this section, this one paragraph, it really stuck out to me, is the part in number one where it says, either never buy drinks at coffee shops or always ask if there's coffee in it. 
What I see in that, well, number one, don't go to coffee shops because maybe something you're going to buy could have coffee in it. But then always ask if there's coffee in it. To me, has a sense of pride. We know what Alma chapter 5, verse 28 says, Behold, are ye stripped of pride? I say unto you, if ye are not, ye are not prepared to meet God. Behold, ye must prepare quickly, for the kingdom of heaven is soon at hand, and such an one hath not eternal life. To me, this issue of pride is stuck right there where you go to the counter and say, does this include coffee? Why do you even have to ask that question? If I were a Latter-day Saint, you probably shouldn't even be there if you have to ask that question. But this comes from the Friend magazine. This comes from December 2008. I'd like to read you from Catherine C. Madeline, who's age six, saying no to tea. And we should mention that the Friend magazine is geared towards an audience that's even younger than the audience for the new era. So that's where this is coming from. And she says, my school friend invited me to her birthday party. It was fun. We played games and dressed up like princesses. When it was time for dessert, we all gathered around the table for beautifully decorated cupcakes. As I was eating my cupcake, I was offered tea to drink. All the other girls were drinking tea in fancy little cups, but I knew it was wrong to drink it. I said, no, thank you. I do not drink tea. I felt good inside for keeping the commandments. Phil, for me, that is filled with pride to be able and to... How, and how old was she? She's six years old. Do you think she really wrote that? Oh, well, Sounds like mommy may have helped her with that. The article title is called Saying No to Tea, but yeah. I, I imagine the parents were very proud of her for standing up. But instead of just saying no thank you, period, she had to tell them, I do not drink tea. And then I felt good inside. And I think that's what the Word of Wisdom does, because when you're getting your temple recommend, you're asked if you are following the Word of Wisdom, and there's pride in that, and saying, yes, I am worthy to be able to go to the temple because I have followed this along with all the other commandments that we have been told to keep. And so I think the problem uh, is more than just the hot drinks. I think the problem is Alma chapter 5, when it talks about the pride, which does not allow you to be able to have eternal life. I think that is much more important. As you mentioned yesterday, Jesus said, what goes in the body does not defile you, but what comes out. I think that principle needs to be understood of how legalistic the word of wisdom is, and especially as we're talking about coffee and tea. And it's sad that by that example that you just read, here's a young girl that's only six years old apparently exuding this pride as a Latter-day Saint, she could have easily just said, no, thank you. And really, that's what we should do as Christians, even, that we should just say, no, thank you. You don't have to go into a long explanation as to why not and point to yourself as being so, well, you could say self-righteous. One more thing, though, before we end this subject. In this category where it talks about mocha, latte, and macchiatos, One thing that I find problematic with the mochas and such is not so much the caffeine content or anything else that a Mormon might say could be a chemical problem. It's the sugar content. I mean, good grief. Your average mocha has about 350 calories in it. And you realize if sugar has 16 calories per teaspoon, 
you've got to dump over 20 teaspoons of sugar in your coffee to equal the amount of calories in a regular cafe mocha. I would think that would be more of a problem than anything else that would be included in this drink. Moderation is always going to be the key when it comes to the Bible on a number of issues. If you feel that you want to have coffee or tea in moderation, I don't think the Bible prohibits that. As we read yesterday from Colossians chapter 2, the Bible is very clear that you can't let human regulations get in the way of your relationship with God. And tomorrow we're going to be looking at the topic of green tea and iced tea because it also is considered something that should be prohibited among Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormon Church, is a huge topic of interest among many Bible-believing Christians who want to reach their LDS friends and loved ones with the biblical message of hope and grace. If you're a Christian who wants to be better informed about the beliefs of the Mormon people, Mormonism Research Ministry wants to be a resource for you. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has worked hard to clearly articulate Mormon doctrine and history in order to better understand the issues that separate Mormonism from the Christian faith. At MR mrm.org, you'll find links to hundreds of articles as well as dozens of videos that will effectively educate you on this fascinating topic. Should your church need a live presentation? Simply contact MRM and schedule one of our several PowerPoint presentations that have helped thousands of Christians better understand the beliefs of their LDS neighbors. To schedule MRM at your church, write us at mrm.org or call 801-572-2153. Let MRM help you become a confident ambassador for Christ.